to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God on this Monday July the 25th, 2022. Here's the question. Is the world going absolutely bazonkers? Mad, I tell you. Well, then what's the what, what can we do about it? What's the solution to all of this? Well, today we're going to have a great conversation with Gabriel Castillo. He is, uh, you know, he has a couple of YouTube channels that are amazing. Uh, Gabby After Hours, True Faith TV. He's also uh, in charge of youth ministry at St. Teresa's in Sugarland, Texas. A very successful uh, youth ministry there in that parish. And he's going to be on to talk about what every Catholic can do right now about a world gone mad. What we can do to have a deep and profound impact on the world around us, let alone our very own souls and our families. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. Well, as you know, or probably have heard by now, Pope Francis, His Holiness, has landed in Canada. Oh, Canada. And he is there to uh, apologize. It is considered a penitential tour. We're going to have a conversation about that and much more coming up at 15 past the hour in the What's Concerning Us segment. But there are lots of stories in the news, of course. Hey, FEMA officials have said, you know all those buses that have been coming full of illegal immigrants from from the southern border, Texas in particular? Do you know what they're doing with those in D.C. and New York? They're busing them back up, and they're shipping them down to Miami. Golly gee, why Miami? I'm, one, I'm curious. Hmm, why Miami? Why not, say, Delaware, uh, New Jersey, uh, Vermont? Why not Vermont? Beautiful. Great place. Uh, why not there? Why Miami? I'm just curious. Hmm. Hey, Cardinal Wilton Gregory, in uh, you know the one-year anniversary of Traditionis Custodis, has placed severe restrictions on the traditional Latin Mass in his Archdiocese of Washington, limiting the sacred liturgy to just three churches to be celebrated only on Sundays and completely banning traditional sacraments of baptism and marriage. And, oh, and by the way, no ad orientum for you Novus Ordo priests at your parishes. Mm-mm, can't do it. No, thank you. Hey, last week, talking about Pope Francis, uh, apparently uh, he demoted the Opus Dei leader from bishop to priest, you know, sort of overturning the structure set in place by St. John Paul II. Hmm, that's interesting. And at least one person was killed. I don't know if you caught this news, but at least one person was killed while several others were injured yesterday in a missile attack on a church that was being inaugurated uh, in honor of the Hagia Sophia. Because the Muslims you know, made it into a mosque again in Istanbul, in Constantinople, they built one as a replica in Syria, and now they missile attacked it. That's terrible. I wonder what's going on there. I wonder who's got the authority, the power, the capability to launch missiles at churches, surely that's a short list and not hard to find. But anyway, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. <laughs> good morning, Joe. Praise Again, very hard to follow that. Come on. But, uh, <laughs> You've got nothing but good news for us today. Oh, yeah, nothing but good news. Uh, the sky's not falling. It's um, not. Gas prices are going down. Praise be to God. Oh, uh, but we're selling our strategic oil. 
Uh, yeah. Um, Bitcoin? Did you say something about Bitcoin? No. How's no, that do it? Not investing in that no? anymore. No? What? I'm sorry? I say, here's a bit of good news. I, I uh, mm -hmm. met up with Nick and Nelia yesterday. Hey, praise be to God. And uh, we went to Galveston Island. It was very cool. No kidding. Yeah. That's super cool. It was fantastic. Nick the water. the mic. Yep. The Nick, Nick the mic over on Odyssey. You know, people criticize the water over there, but uh, it seemed fine to me. Did it? Yeah. Like, what was the color? I was like uh, greenish, brownish. <laughs> this is why people criticize yeah. the water there. I don't know. <laughs> not all that surprising not to me. Not that attractive. I'm it's caused by the soot from the Mississippi River. I get it. Yeah. But this is why Florida has beautiful water, water, and we don't. Oh, well. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is <laughs> here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. Despite the fact that you guys are just so depressing. I'm, you know, I'm, Joe signed me up very, for it. I'm very happy today. I think are you? It's a, it's a good day to be alive. Is it? It is. It is. Are you, you know sure? what today is? What's nope. good about it? Well, today is Monday the 25th. Well, there you go, and that's folks. a great day to be alive. Hey, I saw, speaking of, uh, you know, your dad being a firefighter, I saw a firefighter movie over the weekend. Oh, yeah? Which movie? Very Fireproof? good. No. Not that one. Backdraft. The best Firefighter movie ever. I have seen ever. Fireproof, but no. Backdraft. Uh, nope. I did see that, too. Backdraft. <laughs> um, only the Brave I watched over the weekend. Never heard mm. of it. It's about hot shots, uh, a true story. 19 hot shots died in a fire in Arizona, and there was only one survivor. Uh, it's a good film. It's a very good film. I might talk about that coming up in the after show today. So uh, stick around for that. If you'd like to comment directly, you're welcome to do it. But we are going to get started. We have a lot to cover today. Let us pray together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, July 25th, and here are your headlines this morning. Wow, this month flew by really quickly. Uh, this headline is from LifeSite News, and the headline goes, Pope Francis changes Opus Dei, says a bishop can no longer lead it. The pontiff's, the pontiff's motu proprio, entitled Ad Charisma Tuendum, was published by the Holy See on July 22nd, having only been approved by Pope Francis on July 14th, and is due to take effect by August 4th. The Pope wrote that the motu proprio is centered on his recent reforms of the Roman Curia in Predicate Evangelium, and is intended to conform the prelature of the Opus Dei, in the authentically charismatic sphere of the Church, specifying its organization in keeping with the witness of its founder, St. Josemaria Escriva, and the teachings of conciliar ecclesiology about personal prelatures. Breitbart reports San Francisco lost 6.3% of its population in pandemic, most among U.S. cities. The city lost 54,813 people, or 6.3% of its population, from July 2020 to July 2021. New York had the second highest percentage drop, losing 3.5% of residents, over 300,000 people. The country's most densely populated county, Manhattan, was the largest hit New York borough, losing 6.6% of its population. The 15 fastest growing U.S. cities were concentrated in the west and south regions, including Arizona, Texas, Florida, and Idaho. The Epic Times reports Burke says COVID-19 vaccines were never going to protect against infection. She says, quote, 
I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines. And it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. Deborah Burks, the White House COVID-19 response coordinator under former President Donald Trump, said during an appearance on Fox News. And Justin News reports Missouri Attorney General sues St. Louis to stop taxpayer-funded abortions. Missouri Republican Attorney General Eric Schmidt is suing the city of St. Louis for using taxpayer dollars through the American Rescue Plan Act to fund abortions, including travel expenses and other logistical support costs. He says, quote, As Attorney General, I've tirelessly fought to uphold the sanctity of life in Missouri. The move by the city of St. Louis to use taxpayer dollars to help push out of state abortions plainly and clearly violates Missouri law, unquote. The Attorney General said in a press release about the lawsuit on Thursday. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Christopher. He was born sometime between the 2nd and 3rd century. Christopher was a Canaanite and a giant of a man. He, and he had a terrible and fearful cheer and countenance. He was between 8 feet and 15 feet in length. He desired to serve the greatest king, and he did. But one day, when hearing a song in which he named of the which the name of the devil was mentioned, the king, which was a Christian man, when he heard his name, the devil, he made the sign of the cross on his visage. Realizing the king feared the devil, he said, "Then is the devil more mighty and greater than thou art? I will go seek him, for to be my lord and his servant." On his way, he ran into a cruel-looking knight who inquired as to his goings. He said, I go to seek the devil for to be my master. And he said, I am he that thou seekest. And then he was glad and took him for his master and lord. And as they went together by a common way, they found there a cross erect and standing. The devil, refusing to pass by, took the long way through the desert. Christopher demanded to know why. The devil tells him when, he, when a man was called Christ, which was hung on the cross, and when I see his sign, I am sore afraid, and flee for, from it wherever I see it. He responds, and you are not the greatest, and I will serve thee no longer. Go thy way then, for I will go seek Christ. He then ran into a hermit that preached Christ crucified, and informed him in the faith diligently. He told him how to serve the great king. The hermit told him to help people cross a raging river. Doing this for many days, one day he heard the voice of a child calling over and over, Christopher, come out and bear me over. Christopher lifted up the child on his shoulders and took his staff and entered into the river for, uh, for it to pass. And the water of the river arose and swelled more and more, and the child was heavy as lead. And away, and as he went further, the water increased and grew more. And the child and more and more waxed heavy, insomuch that Christopher had great anguish and was afeard to be drowned. And when he escaped with great pain and passed the water, he set the child on the ground and said to him, Child, thou hast put me in great peril. Thou weighest almost as I had all the world upon me, that I might bear no greater burden. The child answered, Christopher, marvel thee nothing, for thou hast not only borne all the world upon thee, but thou hast borne him who created and made all the world upon their shoulders. For I am Jesus Christ the King, to whom thou save service in this work, and became that that thou know that I say to be the truth. Set thy staff in the earth, and be thy house, and thou shalt see to mourn, that it shall bear flowers and fruit, and anon he vanished from his eyes. And then Christopher set his staff in the earth, and when he arose on the morn, he found his staff like a plumber bearing flowers, leaves, and dates. He would later be beheaded for, for converting nations. He died in 251. St. Christopher.
pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. The mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask for something. He said to her, What do you wish? And she answered him, Command that these two sons of mine sit, one at your right and the other at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the chalice that I am going to drink? They said to him, We can. He replied, My chalice you will indeed drink, but to sit at my right and at my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those whom the Father has prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt, but it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just so, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Origen would say, for, where, for when sin is destroyed, which reigned in men's mortal bodies with the, with the entire dynasty of malignant powers, Christ shall receive exaltation of his kingdom among men, that is, his sitting on the throne of his glory. That God disposes all things both on his right hand and on his left, this is, this is that there shall be then no more evil in his presence. They that are the more excellent among such draw near to Christ are they on his right hand. They that are inferior are they on his left. Or by Christ's right hand, look, if you be, if you may, understand the invisible creation, by his left hand, the visible and bodily. In other words, on the right, heaven, and on the left, the earth. So, Origen asks us to choose. Do we want the here and the now? More of this? Or do we want the greatness, the beatific vision, the beauty, the exaltation of God himself to come? That in lies the question we must really ponder in our life. Who is God? Is he the master of our lives? And he's come to save and to serve. What does that actually mean? Does it mean to accept us just the way we are? Or to meet us where we're at, but get us where we got to go? Let's ponder that. More coming up next. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. I need mercy. I need a savior. 
Seventh-day Adventists use Ecclesiastes 9.10 to argue that souls in heaven aren't cognitively aware of our prayers because the inspired author says that souls don't have any knowledge in the afterlife. But this objection fails because the inspired author was operating with a limited and vague view of the afterlife without New Testament revelation. When we come to the New Testament, it's a whole new ballgame. Consider Revelation 5.8, where 24 presbyters, human souls, surround Jesus and offer him the prayers of Christians on earth in the form of incense. How could they do this if they weren't cognitively aware of all those prayers? So just because an Old Testament passage speaks of the afterlife in a way that's not compatible with the intercession of the saints, it doesn't follow that the Catholic doctrine is proven unbiblical. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Gabriel Castillo is going to be our guest to talk about what you and I can do in a dark world to be light. The answer that every single one of us have access to, to change not only our own lives, but the lives of those around us and the world itself. It's a, going to be a great conversation. I hope you'll stick around for that. But there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. And I noticed this morning on Twitter, guess what was trending on Twitter this morning, Rudy? Puppies. I wish. Puppies would be great, actually. <laughs> in fact, you know, I, I hate to say it, but as I scroll through through the... Uh, talk about darkness, Twitter, mm. in general. It's a very dark place. And as I'm thumbing through it, I, I, there's this young lady who's got some sort of ostrich type of bird. And she's got a weird relationship with this ostrich. And so the, the ostrich always tries to steal the show from her. <laughs> like she's filming, weird. like, between her... She's, like, filming, like, farm... Videos or whatever, the ostrich just butts in and just takes over I the show. I hate when ostriches huh. do that. So, like, okay, that'd be great. Like, I could deal with a bunch of that. It's uplifting. It's funny. It's silly or whatever. But it's not. But no, trending right now this morning. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. Sodom what? and Gomorrah. Sodom, For real? Sodom and Gomorrah is trending right now. And, by the way, uh, monkeypox has been declared a global health emergency by the World Health Organization. Yeah. I'm not worried. So, and didn't we just give them authority to command and control us and all of their emergency declarations. I wonder then if they're going to, you know, say, hey, listen, monkeypox, it's a bad thing. People are dying. So no more sodomy for all of you. <laughs> you think that right. would, would, yes. wouldn't that uh-huh. be uh, 14 days like to stop the spread? Prudent? It'd be like prudent to say, you know, yeah, we're going to 14 days, no sodomy, just to stop the monkeypox spread. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. They'll probably encourage more of uh, it. You, of course, heard, uh, I imagine, uh, His Holiness Pope Francis has landed in Canada. Here's an article out of Catholic News Agency. Pope Francis begins penitential pilgrimage to Canada. A little bit. I'll, I'll only read a little bit to you. Pope Francis set off on what he called a penitential pilgrimage to Canada on Sunday. During his six-day trip, the Pope is expected to meet with and apologize to indigenous Canadians for abuses committed at church-run residential schools in the 20th century. The Pope's itinerary includes stops in Edmonton, Quebec City, um, Equaluit, I'm sure I messed that up and I do apologize, the capital of Nunavut, Nunavut, boy, 
I, sorry, <laughs> mea culpa. I, I'm sorry, I just can't read those very well. He returns to Rome on Saturday, July the 30th. He says, quote, Dear brothers and sisters of Canada, the Pope tweeted before his departure, I come among you to meet the indigenous peoples. I hope, with God's grace, that my penitential pilgrimage might contribute to the journey of reconciliation already undertaken. Please accompany me with prayers. So that was just a little bit of the article. Now, of course... Justin Trudeau, the uh, Prime Minister of Canada, has been asking His Holiness to come to Canada for some time because you might recall that there was a uh, there was a controversy that erupted in Canada over the past few years. In fact, there's been several churches that have been attacked and burnt down uh, because the claim was that these indigenous schools, which, by the way, not all of them actually were run by the Catholic Church there. Some were just plain government schools, and some were run by the Catholic Church. And these were boarding schools, and the children of indigenous peoples would come and live in these boarding schools. And um, they were taught the faith. They were taught the catechism alongside of English, math, grammar, a geography, you know, subjects we no longer teach in schools. And, uh, and, and as a result, they claimed that there was abuses to include... Horrific crimes like murder, uh, even cannibalism was reported to have happened. And then there was these mass graves that they said uh, took place. Uh, it was an outcry and an, an atrocious thing, if it were in fact true. And in fact, they did some ground-penetrating radar to try to substantiate some of these claims. And in fact, the report that we last gave on this, which was, I don't know, even months ago now... Um, turned out that they didn't find any actual remains. And so, to, to date, as far as I know, and again, I don't endorse or make excuses for the crimes of the members of the body of Christ. I mean, we have spoken openly and, and many times about the crimes committed against young men in the priesthood or in seminary, let alone children. Uh, it's, these are horrific things, and lightness is the answer to darkness every single time. So, but it, to date, as far as I know, there have, has been no proof, substantial proof or evidence to definitively say that the, anybody within these boarding schools from a Catholic perspective committed these crimes. So that begs the question then, what are the abuses? Were there abuses similar to those in, say, Boston or, uh, you know, Rome or other parts of the church where, like in Ireland and and Poland, and there's been so many crimes committed by members of the body of Christ, clergy members against young men in particular, but also other children. Is that what we're talking about here? Sexual abuse crimes? Or could it be other types of crimes? I watched this video footage from EWTN of His Holiness uh, arriving in Canada, and I was listening to the commentary, and I watched some other videos about some of these uh, claims of like what exactly are the crimes of the body of Christ there that the indigenous people want apologies for, or they want some healing. They want to be able to move on. And I would like to provide that to them. I mean, I think all, all abuse victims deserve that. And it seems to me like one of the biggest issues, apart from those other things about, uh, you know, um, the, the claims of mass graves, which as far as I know to this point have not been proven to actually contain the bodies of children that were uh, dumped there by anybody from the church. 
the biggest claim seems to be that they were simply taught Christianity. That these children went to these boarding schools, were taught the catechism, and when they went home, they realized they were no longer relating to their own people in the way they had before or could anymore. Because their own people back in their village, were, they were not Christians, and they were not embracing Christianity, and so they had a different they had a different vocabulary. They had a different cultural aspect now. And it seems to me this is the biggest uh, claim at this point, which made me think about this. Like, okay, so we sent missionaries to convert all persons, to make disciples, as our Lord asked us to do specifically. That was the one mission. Okay, there's great and wonderful things we should be doing ought to be doing, must be doing, when it comes to corporal works of mercy, to great charity towards our neighbor. That's true. Praise be to God. But the one thing he specifically asked was to go and convert, make disciples. So we do this, and then indigenous peoples complain about that we're doing this. And then now, all of a sudden, we're going to apologize for that? Let me ask you a question. Where is the line, then? Like, what are we allowed to do and not allowed to do? How much of a particular culture of a particular group of people is allowed to remain post-baptism and how much of it has to go? Because the reality is uh, indigenous peoples are pagans. They worship generally a pantheon of gods, their own ancestors, for instance, or, or nature itself. Oftentimes, that would be a demon disguising itself as someone's relative or or the or the god Ra in Egypt for in, for instance or the gods in the Aztec culture which was Satan it's himself that's his own private little kingdom under the Aztecs which he's fighting to restore by the way so as Christians as uh, uh, Hernan Cortez in uh, Bernal Diaz's pr own journal, which he was there, he witnessed the entire thing, the entire campaign to uh, destroy the Aztec Empire. Why? Was it because he hated the Aztecs? No, absolutely not. In fact, they tried to embrace the Aztecs. If you read the journal itself, it's very clear. But they wanted to get rid of this, this satanic worship. Why? Because that's the greater good for those people. So how much, to use this example, how much of the Aztec culture would be allowed to remain post-baptism? The feathers, are they allowed to remain? Uh, the language itself, is that allowed to remain? The colors, the cultures, the, the, the ceremonies, are they allowed to still have some of their ceremonies? And the question becomes, well, what part of the ceremonies were actual liturgies to these demonic spirits, and what were just songs of the people right like for instance uh you know what might be considered a polka band for poland or something like that like it's you have to sort this stuff out and i imagine that this in this gray zone is where most uh maybe most of that missionary zeal kind of uh, got in trouble maybe because they were trying to convert these, these, give these kids an opportunity to become Christians, to teach them the catechism, praise be to God, to make disciples of all nations. Maybe we don't make the best choices on deciding what comes, what goes, what stays. It's a tough question. I don't necessarily say that I have the answer to it, but I would have to think that anything related 
to a liturgy, to anything other than Christ, would have to go. It can't stay. And But some would cry foul. But that's our culture. That's our people. But your culture is leading back to Satanism and away from God, the true God, the one true God. And it is not in your best interest. It is not in the best interest of your people. So have we failed? Maybe the real apology is in, have we failed to clearly communicate the differences between paganism and the true religion of Christianity? Have we failed to make it clear to these people why it is we have come and our great love and zeal for them, to desire their absolute best, to want that they will be in heaven for all eternity, enjoying the pietific vision, or do we want, like I want to crush some Rocky Mountain ice cream right now, do I want that more than better health? These are tough choices and tough, uh, tough issues to solve when you are a missionary in the mission field and you are uh, having to convince these people about something that is so completely foreign to their ideas, so completely foreign to their mentality, so completely foreign to their cultural uh, uh, identities, right? That, uh, I mean, for instance, I don't know why they wouldn't let them speak their native languages. It seems like that's something that could stay, provided they were properly catechized. Uh, it seems like uh, I have no issues when people speak foreign languages. Spanish is a very popular language in my neck of the woods. But there are, I live in a city with a multiplicity of languages. I mean, there's probably 100 plus languages being spoken in our town every single day. I have no issues with this. Uh, the diversity of peoples is perfectly fine to me. But it seems strange that we are on a please forgive us mission that feels more like propaganda on television and the headlines for Justin Trudeau than it does rooted based in truth itself. If we have failed in our missionary zeal, let's make it. Let's just make sure that it's based in reality and fact, versus the headlines. That's all I'm saying, right? Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. Now let's talk about Jesus and get into heaven. Hey, we'll be right back. Gabriel Castillo is coming up next. Ave Maria School of Law is the Roman Catholic law school in the U.S. Consistently ranked in the Princeton Review as one of the best and most conservative law schools, as well as pre-law's most devout law school. Ave Maria School of Law provides a traditional legal education while placing an emphasis on how the law intersects with the Catholic intellectual tradition and natural law philosophy. Ave Maria School of Law, unabashedly Catholic, consistently excellent. For more information, AveMariaLaw.edu. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Patriotism is a natural virtue. It's natural to love our country just as it's natural to love our family and love our home. But G.K. Chesterton says the true patriot is always a little sad. Now why is that? Because everyone who loves his country wishes it were better. Chesterton says we have to hate the world enough to want to change it and love it enough to think it worth changing. So when we criticize our nation, we do it out of love because we want to improve it and because we want to be proud of it. We obviously don't want to be ashamed of it. That's why we want our country to be virtuous and moral and godly. And Chesterton says the more transcendental is your patriotism, 
the more practical are your politics. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. This one's from Breitbart. The headline goes, Great Reset. Governments to target farmers with carbon emissions cuts around 28%. Farmers in Ireland may soon be forced to make potentially damaging changes to their business as climate alarmist ministers within Ireland's government look to cut the sector's emissions by around 28%. Ireland's Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnellogue, McConnellogue, sorry for butchering that, is being pressured to implement a curb of 30%, a measure the head of one of the country's largest farming organizations has said would result in a massive cut in cattle numbers across the country. The Epic Times reports Americans likely to be tracked for CO2 emissions under SEC's new climate rule. On March 21st, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission proposed a rule titled The Enhancement and Standardization of Climate-Related Disclosures for Investors. The nearly 500-page rule would require SEC restraints, mostly public companies, investments advisors, and brokers-dealers, to report certain climate-related information, including their greenhouse gas emissions. The greenhouse gas emissions are categorized into three scopes. Scope one is the restraint, the, the registrant's direct GHG emissions. Scope two is indirect GHG emissions from purchase electricity and other forms of energy. And scope three is indirect emissions from upstream and downstream activities in a registrant's value chain. Scope three requires those companies to, re to estimate the carbon output of the use of their product by the customer, which means they're going to have to go out into the field and talk to consumers. The Daily Wire reports Pennsylvania dad facing prison time for entering capital on January 6 dies by suicide. Perna's family wrote in his obituary he attended the rally on January 6, 2021 to peacefully stand up for his beliefs. After learning that the FBI was looking for him, he immediately turned himself in. He entered the Capitol through a previously open door. He didn't break in, as was reported. He didn't break, touch, or steal anything, and he didn't harm anyone, as he stayed within the velvet ropes taking pictures. The Washington Examiner reports Senate is poised to pass stalled semiconductor funding bill this week. The Senate is poised to pass the bipartisan legislation to boost domestic semiconductor chip production this week, with a final vote expected on Tuesday or Wednesday. I spoke about the story in a, a longer format, a little bit more in depth on last week's Memory Hole news segment. Make sure to follow Catholic Drive Time on YouTube to watch it. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, uh, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Good morning to you, Gabriel Castillo. Good morning, sir. It's an honor to be here. Every morning I get here, whenever I come here, and I'm like, wow, these guys are waking up early. <laughs> They're in it for the grind. And what you ladies and gentlemen on the radio don't see is these guys look good. Well, some of them. I anyway. show up and they're like in suits and ties. Well, not me. I'm here in a Hawaiian shirt and boxer shorts. So congratulations to you guys yeah. for living the dream, waking up, serving the Lord. Thank you for that. Yeah, no offense, but only the Lord gets the suit and tie on Sunday. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you look, you look good. You could have fooled me. You know, um, we were just talking about uh, the, the tour of His Holiness yes. in Canada. And, you know, thinking about uh, how we, you know, evangelize yes. native peoples. Uh, my own historical background, uh, genetic background, goes back to Scotland and uh, further back to Ireland. Yes. 
And um, that explains your kilt right now, huh? Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> kilting me. At any rate, uh, you know, uh, not very well catechized yes. peoples all throughout the right. northern part. You know, Sweden, Norway, Greenland, all all of those fell super fast yes. in the Reformation yes. because their Catholicism was paper thin. Yes. Our own clan fought for the Catholic uh, Stuart House uh, at Culloden, um, but uh, was fond of uh, kidnapping, murder, and pillaging yes. its uh, fellow clansmen. You know, so not very Catholic, even though they went to Mass. And l- uh, let me give you another stat, then I want to uh, get you to comment here. I was seeing this, I was watching this morning, uh, you know, what was trending on Twitter, but I also saw divorce rates on Twitter. And in Europe, uh, I found it fascinating. The countries with the highest level of divorce rates in 2019 in Europe, Portugal, Spain, France, um, and these are quote-unquote Catholic countries. Macedonia is on the lowest. I mean, St. Paul did go there, so praise be to God for that. Um, In America, our divorce rate is declining. That's only because we're not marrying anybody anymore. We're not baptizing them. We're not marrying them. They're cohabitating. Um, The world seems to be uh, wanting to self-destruct around us. Very dark times, and we're always on the precipice but what can we do about it? Yes. So I am thoroughly convinced, especially here lately, as I've been reflecting on my own life, that we are not doing Christianity correctly. I'm sure that you've heard this quote by St. Uh, Catherine of Siena. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use it in their email at the very bottom. It says, if you are who God created you to be, you will set the world on fire. And that's a very sweet little quote to look at. But if we're being honest, and when I would read that, it'd be like an examination of conscience stabbing me in the heart because I'm not who God created me to be just based on the fact that I'm not setting the world on fire. You mentioned St. Paul. Why was he so successful? What did St. Paul have that I don't have? And if you look at the promises of Jesus in the New Testament, he says, I have come to set the world on fire. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to be other Christs, of course. Why aren't we doing that? And you look at Christ promised that we should have living water living inside of us that is going to well up from within us. Why don't I have that? When our Lord left the apostles, he said, those who are followers of mine, they shall cast out demons. They'll tread upon serpents. They'll drink poison. They'll heal the sick. They'll cast out demons. Why don't I have that? And a lot of people will say, well, that was just something for the early church. You know, (laughs) that's what people say when you're not doing it because you're lacking something. They say, well, it's only for a pagan time. Brothers and sisters, we are living in horrible (laughs) pagan times. Unbelievers everywhere. It would be good if the Holy Spirit spirit would keep the promises of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that the problem is with Jesus. And I don't think (laughs) the problem is with the Holy Spirit. And I don't think the problem is with the sacraments. The problem is us. And when I say that most of us are not doing Christianity right, it's because we, a lot of times, can see our faith as, am I doing the prayers? Am I saying the stuff? Am I doing the things? Am I going to this uh, devotion? Am I going to that devotion? Am I going to this mass? Am I going to that church? And we lose sight of what is the point. Why did Jesus, if I were to ask the average Christian or Catholic, why did Jesus die on the cross? The number one answer back to me would be to forgive our sins so we could go to heaven. And I guess in a vague sense that's true. I guess so. But that's not why he did it. He died on the cross for unity with us. We receive the Holy Eucharist. Why? Union with God. What is heaven? Union with God. St. Paul was so successful because he said, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. 
What did he mean by that? Mm. What did he mean by that? If you were to look at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 17, when he issues this crazy command to cast out demons, walk on serpents, drink poison, all these things, the next verse after says, and then the Lord worked with them. And then when you talk to some of the saints, uh, if you hear the writings of some of the saints, if you hear testimonies of their miracles, and you'll say, oh, Padre Pio, you worked a miracle. And he would say, I did not work any miracle. It was Jesus. And the reality is, is how can I step into this type of lifestyle? Very simple. We give the one thing that hurts us to give the most, and that's our will. Mm. We can say, uh, I'm follower of Christ, and we can do our will all day long. You can be a priest. You can be a religious who live a life of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and still live for yourself, still be a priest for yourself, still be a monk for yourself. But when you hand over your life to God and say, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Mm. When you ask God on a daily basis in the morning, you wake up, Lord, what do you want of me to do today? And a lot of times we do that at major stepping stones in our life, major decisions. We try to seek what is your will, what is going to be best for, for me. But again, it's very self-interested. It's very me-centered you really have to come to a point in your life, and it's, it's a daily thing. It's, as you know, it's a daily morning, afternoon, evening thing where you stop and you say, Jesus, what is your will? I can't do this anymore. I want to do what you want to do. And when you do that, a lot of things happen. That's when you step into the power of God. That's when the fire of the Holy Spirit can live in you, is when you pause and you say, what do you want? And I'll share with you four things that will happen when you do that on a regular basis. Number one, you're going to have peace of soul. Our souls were all created by God. We're all the same in this. We're created to do God's will and to only be satisfied by God. People will say, well, I'm different. What's good for you? And to a certain degree, no, because we're all made in the image and likeness of God, and we have a God-sized hole in our heart. But that doesn't, again, just, doesn't just mean saying the prayers. It means doing the, walking the walk. But also, I was cre- also I was for a particular mission for a specific circumstance and set in time. And when I begin to follow that path, and I hear the voice of the Lord say, follow me here, and you begin to follow, you have peace of soul when you're poor, when you're hungry, when you're tired that you would not have if you were not listening to the voice of Christ that echoes in your conscience. The second thing that you will get is it will make you holy. Happiness and holiness are synonymous. When you're doing God's will, when you're united to Him, it gives you sanctity. It gives you sanctification. Maximilian Colby, as you know, he's a great lover of both of ours. He has a quote that he used to explain the Immaculate Conception and Mary's role. But it was, the will of God, capital W, when I sacrifice my will for God's will, that equals S, sanctity. Mm. And so it applies to our everyday life. To be holy does not necessarily mean saying the prayers. I say the prayers. I do the stuff, all the Catholic things. I do them to the max. I try. But, no pun intended, but... (laughs) I have to give my will to his will. And when I do that, then I can see the power of God flowing through me. Another thing that it does is that God wants to use me for salvation. God wants to save us. And he shows us this throughout the Gospels. He, he came to Mary. Why? So that she could participate in salvation of other people. He wanted the apostles. Why? So that they could participate in the salvation of other people. If I follow God's will, God will use me for the salvation of other people. And then after the break, we'll talk about that last All most right. critical thing. Gabriel Castillo is our guest this morning. He's going to be on for another two segments, by the way. So a lot more to come. Uh, and plus, I want to ask him about uh, how, if we've messed up our missionary efforts in North America, what could we have done different that would have had a better impact? 
That and much more is coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Kevin, drive time. We'll be right back. Share us with a friend. Hey, Donnie, in what gospel do we find the Hail Mary prayer? The gospel of Luke. Do we worship Mary? No. What do we do? Ask her to pray for us. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Since you may not agree that the New Testament came to us through the oral tradition of the apostles, how do you believe it did come to us? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a language aid. In Latin, the word tradition is a verb, not a noun. It's the act of handing over. Handing over what? Handing over the faith. You see, capital T tradition continues to answer the questions the Bible doesn't explicitly answer. For example, you've noticed that contraception or doctor-assisted suicide and many other crucial human topics are not laid out in the Bible. Secondly, analogous to baseball, the totality of baseball has been handed on to each generation. This is very different than just the small t tradition of saying not flipping the bat after hitting a home run. And thirdly, in case you're trying to rid church traditions to be non-traditional, just know that capital T tradition is what got you to Jesus. Drop kicking small religious traditions to be considered non-traditional is like the dog chasing his tail. His task is never fruitless and thoroughly silly. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Gabriel Castillo is here. Now, Gabriel runs a very successful youth ministry program at St. Teresa's in Sugarland, Texas. Uh, I've been there on a number of occasions. It's a great honor to see the impact on these young people's lives from Gabriel. But he also has a couple of YouTube channels that are amazing. I'm sure you probably already know. Uh, Gabby After Hours is one. Uh, Truth Faith TV is another. I can't encourage you to check them out enough. It's just so good. And it's great to have you back in studio, Mr. Castillo. It's a great honor again, my friend. So yeah. let, let's get back to one of point the Point number four. Yeah, point number four, the benefits of asking on a regular basis and doing, Lord, what is your will? So in addition to sanctification, in addition to peace of soul, in addition to God helping you to participate in your own little way, doesn't mean you're going to be a missionary, doesn't mean you're going to go on the radio, but it means that where you're at in the present moment, God is going to work with you to touch the individuals that are in your family, that are in your workplace, and that is his providence. If God asks you to do something, and this is where we're going to have to have a little bit of confidence and a little bit of faith, even you would might say heroic confidence. If God asks you to do something, you can be very assured that he's going to give you the tools necessary to do it. You will have the protection and the provision of God's providence. You will have the power and the assistance of the Holy Spirit. And that is what's going to be the major player in impacting other people. And just for a quick example, we can look at the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She was perfectly united to the will of God. She went to go visit her cousin Elizabeth. And if you read the text carefully, people will say, well, it was Jesus greeting John the Baptist, and that was the sanctification that happened. But that's not what Elizabeth says. She says, from the moment your greeting reached my ears, that means Mary was participating, was united to the will of the Holy Spirit. All she had to do was a work of mercy to go visit her cousin. That action itself converted, sanctified the child in the womb, caused Elizabeth to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so to us, 
we don't necessarily always have to be preaching the gospel to our neighbor, but if it's God's will that we bring lunch to our coworker, that they know we're Catholic, we're doing this extraordinary act in our mind of faith by bringing them lunch or doing whatever else our conscience is pricking us to do. The Holy Spirit works through that action of love, and they are converted. They are more disposed to hear the message that we have for them. So how do I know what God's will is? How do I recognize God's voice? Number one, what is your state in life? What are the duties that you have to do to get the job done in the present moment? Again, it's all about our attitude. Do I do this because I have to? Do I do this because it benefits me? Or do I have a purity of intention that I say, you know what, this is my job, this is where God wants me to sanctify myself in the present moment. Am I wiping the baby's butt because it's dirty and I have to and I'm a good mom? Or am I, wipe, am I trying to wipe the baby's butt in a way that says, blessed mother, I'm uniting myself to you, Lord Jesus, I, I'm doing this out of love for you. Look how much I love you. I'm wiping this bottom so clean it's shiny. <laughs> I'm getting up in the middle of the night when the children are sick out of love for you. Help me to do it with your grace, with your peace. It's, it's an example of the little way of St. Therese, but St. Therese recognized, and we often misconstrue what she meant. St. Therese was saying, Lord, love this sister through me. Lord, I need your love. You fill me. Let me participate in your saving action. So what are my duties of the present moment? Also, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says that our conscience, when it's well-formed, will alert us to the will of God in the present moment. If you see an old lady and she's putting her bags in the grocery from the grocery and it starts to rain and she, her, her hands are full, your conscience tugs on you to say, go, you don't hear words in your head, but you feel a tugging on your heart. Go help that lady. Now, you might say, I don't know her. She's going to think it's weird, and you come up with all these things in your head. But God pulls on the heart. We have to pause throughout the day and say, Lord, what is this? What do you want me to do? What is your mission? Is my family God's family? Is my work God's work? How do I see all of these activities? Am I willing to let go? Because as humans, we have concupiscence. We have a natural disorder. It's not natural. It's a disordered inclination, but it happens very easily. The disordered inclination to claim everything for myself. And that's why our Lord says, you have to deny yourself. You have to give everything to me. And when you do that, you will see extraordinary change. But again, it requires prayer. It requires pausing and having rec recollection, pausing and saying, God is around me. God is in my soul. I'm in the state of grace. Lord, what do you want? How am I supposed to live in you? But what if, what if you're... You're doing the prayers. Yes. You're doing the things, yes. right? You're spending time in adoration. Yes. You're like begging the Lord, please, yes. please give me a signaling grace. Please yes. shore me up. Yes. Please help me understand. I've, yes. I'm lost. I need your help. But you don't hear anything. Yes. You don't get a response. You don't get any signaling graces. Right. And you're left to figure it out for yourself. Yes. What do you do then? So God in the catechism assures us God will reveal his will in the present moment. So I'm going to answer that question because sometimes in the present moment we're still left high and dry. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the times we're worried about what's happening in the future. You're worried about paying the bills next week and we, the money's not here now. God is saying, oh, and this is what I get in prayer, are you drowning right now? You're worried about drowning next week. Are you drowning right now? Are you suffocating right now? Are you starving right now? I will give you what you need when you need it. And that is part of the walk of faith. That's what I said, that when you're doing God's will, you have to have trust and confidence, confide. You have to have faith 
that God is going to provide. And, and you have to have hope, and it's not normal hope. The average Christian, when things are going great, we all have a little bit of a swagger knowing mm. that our Lord is watching over us. But what our Lord is calling us to is a heroic hope, a heroic hope that says, as things get worse, my confidence doesn't stay down here. My confidence goes higher. I'm about, I, I can't pay the bills next week. It, all human effort is failing me right now. I mean, that means that God is definitely going to help me. As the circumstances get worse, my hope gets higher, and I stand more firm. And so, and I've gone through this, you've gone through this, we've all gone through this. I pray, I beg, I'm saying, God, I'm listening, and he's still not answering. Mm -hmm. So you have to be resolute in his promises from sacred scripture. Does he not watch over the lilies of the field? Does he not watch over the birds of the sky? Are you not more valuable than these creatures? And you have to say, if God, I know God has the power to help me, why is he being silent? And then we have to stop and say, okay, Lord, I know you're present. I know you're watching me. I'm your child. You have the power to heal. You have the power to do all of these things. Why aren't you doing it for me now? And then, no, this could be a season of silence. Why? Mm -hmm. Because in that season, he's teaching you something. You might be thinking... I need this money to come in from somewhere. I need this, this job to work out for me. And he might be saying, maybe I want to call you to a different path. You're looking for jobs in this specter or this realm. I want to provide for you in a whole new way. And usually, most often, when we encounter a cross in our life and the worries that we have, they rarely play out the way that we imagine them in our mind. And God works to our favor in all things. That's the infallible word of God. All things work for the good of those who love the Lord. They're just not working out in the way that we imagine. So, for example, I know many of your listeners, they're, they're worried about the church. I'm worried about the church. And God is saying, it might not, it, things might not be working out the way that would be ideal. Our leadership would be strong men yeah. fighting for salvation of souls, dropping all this social justice stuff that is important, but not as important as saving souls. And God is saying, I see that. They're not doing what I want, but guess what? I ride straight with crooked paths. You put your nose to the ground, do my will in the present moment, and you're going to be astonished at the way this is going to work out because you're going to be on top and they're going to be at the bottom. And we're going to save who we need to save, but I need you. And I need you. And the church often will say, well, if we just have 12 apostles, we don't need 12 apostles. We only needed one Virgin Mary, one small girl willing to do the will of God. When all of the prophets, all of these other great uh, stereotypes from the Old Testament failed, we just need one person to succeed. Mm -hmm. And that person is, brings the fire of the Holy Spirit, and then it spreads. That's what our Lord said when he meant, to, I'm going to bring fire to the earth, that I'm going to bring a faith that is contagious, and you just got to have it, and other people will set on fire. You just got to deny yourself day by day. That's the hard cross. part, though. Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, in my own per personal prayer life, there are so many uh, desires that I have. These are good things. These mm -hmm. aren't like bad desires. I'm not talking about course, like, yes. you know, uh, concupiscent desires. Right. I'm talking about, you know, good things on yes. the surface are perfectly fine things. You know, uh, Colorado uh, backcountry elk hunting, for, yes. instance, for example. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it doesn't seem God's will right. for me to right. be able to pursue or to enjoy these desires right. It's hard for me to say, well, then I give up on them. Right. Like, that's hard. Yes, it is. It's very difficult, but that's why our Lord chose the cross. A lot of times as Christians, we see victory as prosperity, 
um, easy life. But that's not what the cross is all about. Our Lord chose the cross to identify with us. Because of the fall of Adam and Eve, suffering comes, sickness comes, death comes, poverty comes. But what the cross allows us to do is to have peace of soul despite those things. And in fact, Christians are going to be known because they're embracing these things and are still joyful. But our Lord loves you and he wants to give you the things necessary Temporally, too. Our, Lord, our hope is not just in salvation and in spirituality. Our Lord promises, he who follows me, he who gives up mother or father, I will repay them a hundred times in this life. Mm. And you will have things that more than, and, and a lot of times we always boil this back down to money. But God will give you a peace of soul. God will give you experiences that money can't buy. That, that people who are very wealthy could, would dream of the, of the life that us poor folks have. Because we have children that love us, we yeah. have experiences, we have intimacy, we have a peace that, that surpasses all understanding. And yeah, the storms come, but in the present moment, you will always have that peace. So you're doing God's will and there's no money, you, it's not your fault. And you can have peace of soul knowing, I'm doing what you wanted, Lord, I followed your will. Here I am. This is your problem. You deal with it. And there's no greater feeling, at least in my part, to saying, I have a problem, but it's your fault, Lord. You deal with it, and I'm confident that you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, you asked a very good question earlier. What if I can't hear the voice of God? Well, a lot of times, and this is just God's will, God wills that we have a mother. And the voice of Mary, her soul magnifies the Lord, inspired word of God, infallible. So, when we go to Our Lady, especially, she will help us to hear God's voice. Mary is nothing but sweetness, nothing but love. She wants us to do God's will. It is God's will that we have her as a help, helpmate, that we do everything with, in, and through her. God's voice in our conscience becomes more clear when we are with her. And that's why her favorite prayer is a rosary. And so all of this to say, because you know everything always leads up to the rosary with me, <laughs> is that the rosary is not a prayer to feel good about yourself. Sometimes you do. By the time you're done, you feel great about it. But what it is, and this is what puts our prayers and our sacraments in perspective, if the prayers are supposed to unite me to the will of God, if the sacraments are supposed to unite me to God, the rosary helps me to kill my will, helps me to refocus on the Lord and His mission. Yeah, all right. Well, all right, so here's the deal. Um, Gabriel Castillo has been our guest, but he's staying on with us for another segment. If you are not able to join us for that segment, God bless you. God love you. I hope that uh, you're going to have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. You could always check out the podcast to get access to that third segment. It'll be available later today on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow. But Gabe's coming up right after the break with more. So don't go anywhere. A lot more kind of drive to head your way. In 1981, Cardinal Carlo Caffara was commissioned to open the John Paul II Institute on Marriage and the Family in Rome. He wrote a letter to Sister Lucia, the last of the three seers at Fatima, asking for her prayers for this endeavor. The letter had to be sent through her bishop, so the cardinal did not expect a reply. However, he did receive a reply saying, Father, a time will come when the decisive battle between the kingdom of Christ and Satan will be over marriage and the family. And those who will work for the good of the family will experience persecution and tribulation. But do not be afraid, because Our Lady has already crushed his head. Clearly, we are in those times. You may be experiencing tribulation in your own home. Recognize from whom that is coming. It's not your spouse. 
stop fighting each other and together fight the evil one who is trying to come between you. Remember, Our Lady has already crushed his head. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can connect with us on Instagram. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever replaced pronouns in the Bible such as who, whom, whosoever, ye, you, etc., and replaced those words with your name and therefore you personalize the Bible to yourself? Do you do that? Is that a safe way to read the Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, Bible complexity. Mechanics study motors. Architects study design. Linguists study syntax. But for the most part, Christians don't study the how-tos of safe biblical interpretation called hermeneutics. Secondly, Aquinas. In the Summa, we see the caution. Aquinas says of the Bible, quote, the manner of its speech transcends every science because in one and the same sentence, while it describes a fact, it reveals a mystery and thoroughly a tough comeback. I know it seems plausible to simply say the Bible is a love letter straight from God to humanity, but wait a minute. A sentence or a paragraph in a love letter has context. Yes, with great caution, we can personalize some context, but remember, when you're at the central figure in the Bible, God isn't, and that's just wrong. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here, and every week... I- Hi, I'm Father Preston Cantella from Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Sweeney and St. John the Apostle in West Columbia. You're listening to the AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. We are uh, conversating with Gabriel Castillo from Gabi After Hours and True Faith TV about uh, the one thing that we can all do in a dark and uh, darkening world. What can we do? And we all have access to it. That's live good, holy lives, live in a state of grace depend completely upon God, right? We can all do those things. And we have two wonderful segments with Gabriel Castillo on that. And uh, if you missed those segments, let me encourage you to check out the podcast at grnonline.com forward slash CDT or just pick up your your smart device and download in your app store the Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app. Um, You can just search for it. It's super easy. It's free. And not only does it allow you to listen to your local GRN station, the local live feed, so if you don't get great reception in your car, you're going to get great reception on your mobile app. And it's live. It's uh, 24-7. Praise be to God. You can also, in the flyout of our GRN mobile app, you can listen to the Catholic Drive Time podcast. So it's a winner for everybody involved. Again, go to your app store and search for the Guadalupe Radio Network. You'll find it right there. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to the show, Gabriel Castillo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we were talking about last hour. Part, part of the conversation was uh, His Holiness's uh, you know, tour of Canada. He's landed in Canada over the weekend, and he is uh, beginning. To, he calls it a penitential tour. And there's so much um, conversation, commentary about uh, what the church's faults were yes. and its missionary zeal in Canada, yes. but also here in the United States. Yes. Like, uh, you know, tearing down Hanipero Serra statues in right. In California, for instance, I mean, like this is utterly absurd to me, yeah. considering the life of Hanifero Serra, who walked twenty thousand miles, right. uh, defended the indigenous peoples when they killed a friar. Right. He went to bat for them so that they wouldn't be executed. Um, he he spent his life in service of the gospel and of the people whom he served. 
And still today, they want to destroy and tarnish that reputation. Um, but golly gee whiz, what could we have done different? You know, I feel personally we should never, ever, ever apologize for evangelizing the world. We should not apologize for wanting to make people Catholics yes. uh, and to work towards their own salvation. So we shouldn't be apologizing for these things, but what could we have done different so that the missions would not have turned out as bad as they did? Yes, yeah, so one of the things that struck me in the last hour, you were talking about your native lands and how quickly they fell because of the lack of catechesis. And then I didn't know this, but I looked over on your desk and you have a statue of Our Lady of Good Help. So there's uh, many yeah. people do not are not aware. People travel all over the world to see Marian apparitions, but there's a local Marian apparition, and local I mean it's in the United States, that happened in Wisconsin just outside about 20, 30 minutes outside of Green Bay. Yeah. It was approved in 2010. It happened around the same time as Our Lady of Lourdes, so it's a little bit older, but in God's providence, it was not approved until 2010 there. Mm -hmm. And the message of that lady is... I think the message that we're supposed to accept today because it became publicly accepted and widespread, or not even widespread because barely nobody knows about it, but the <laughs> yeah. message for today mm -hmm. is you must, you must, you must, you must catechize your children. This is her message. Catechize the children. Teach them what is necessary for salvation. Mm -hmm. that, that is something that is lacking in most Catholic education, most catechetical programs, they're not evangelizing for salvation. They're trying to woo the children with good feelings, and that's, that's just not going to work because our no. Lord did not come to woo us with good feelings. Right. He made people hungry. He had to take up your cross and all these you know, rough things that are not going to be satisfied by the human flesh because the world will do that better to satisfy the flesh. So where's the balance then? I yeah. mean, like uh, some of the complaints were, well, they didn't let us speak our native tongue in these boarding schools in Canada. Good. Should yes. we should yes. we prevent when we encounter people, should we prevent I saw uh Alaric in our commentary on uh, Odyssey is saying his grandmother was prevented from speaking German in American schools, right. for instance. That had I'm not sure that had anything to do with with the yes. church or catechism, but uh should we like where's the line between yes. Uh, accepting people where they're at in their culture yes. and getting rid of their pagan identities. What, what I like about you is you have the answers all around your physical person. <laughs> so if you, you can't see this if you're not watching on the live stream. Joe has Mary statues and he's got a beautiful, big, uh, brilliant image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So when the Franciscans were trying to convert the Aztecs who were worshiping basically the devil, sacrificing, and in a more pagan time than our own. So we murder our babies behind walls. These people were murdering their babies in public and holding them up and then eating them and things like that. So there's hope for us. So <laughs> the Franciscans they were evangelizing these Aztec people, or at least trying to, they honored the culture of the Aztecs as much as morally permissible. Because the Aztecs viewed them as kind of these foreigners who are changing their lifestyle, bringing all these diseases. And the Franciscans who were, and they weren't successful, let's just be honest, they were not successful. They did try to honor whatever was possibly permitted to be baptized in the culture. They honored the language. They honored as much as they could the Aztec culture, but which is very little. But even those Franciscans failed in large part, to evangelize. They had just a couple of converts, yeah. one of them being Juan Diego. Yeah. And so wh who brought the widespread success? So as much as we must honor the culture, great. I don't know how much that's going to be relevant in converting souls. 
the major player in conversion all throughout history and all throughout the world, the pockets of faith are mm -hmm. those pockets that have the Virgin Mary in their life. Our Lady of Guadalupe, we see Our Lady of Guadalupe's image in the back of everybody's truck. At Fatima, Our Lady said that the faith will be preserved at Fatima. I don't necessarily know that she meant the physical location, mm -hmm. but I think maybe that those who had a devotion to her mm -hmm. would have a balanced view of prayer, salvation, what is the, the purpose of our Lady of Fatima promised Portugal would, the, would lose the faith, and yet they have some of the highest divorce rates in all of Europe. Yes. So I think that the key in all of this is our evangelization efforts that are done within and through the Virgin Mary, because they can't truly be done unless Our Lady is really present in a very pronounced way to bring Christ into the world as she did in the beginning, mm -hmm. as she will do at the end and in our times today. You know, um, speaking of Our Lady, so we have mm -hmm. images of Our Lady yes. here in front of us, some of which, like uh, the image over there on the wall across yes. from me yes. near Adrian Fonseca, Good is point. Our Lady of Levang. Yes, that's uh, right. I have in front of me another image of Our Lady from, uh, from China. Yes. That's a very beautiful I'll, image. You're making a great point, yes. It's very striking to me. Um, you know, of course, there's Our Lady of Guadalupe behind me and uh, other images of Our Lady uh, from a cultural perspective. That's right. I've never had issues with that. I find right. them beautiful. Right. Uh, I know I got into a, a conversation a couple of months back with a gentleman who had real problems with images of Jesus and Mary as Caucasians. Right. And I'm like, nobody actually believes that, that they're, they're from Sweden, yeah. okay? Yeah. Like, you're the only one that has an issue here. But you I know? think you answered the question, how much of a culture should we bring in to evangelize them? Our Lady answers the question. To Mexicans and to, Az to Spanish and to Aztecs, mm -hmm. she appeared as a mixture of both. Yeah. To Africans, she appeared as an African. Right. So she did take on the skin color to give her message in that place. At Our Lady of Good Help, she's got blue eyes. So we obviously the Virgin Mary did not have blue eyes. Maybe she did. It was some miraculous eye color in, mm -hmm. uh, where she was alive with our Lord in the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. But I think Our Lady is giving us the hint that we must use the language and the culture to communicate. But we never, ever, ever water down the message. Yeah. So uh, I was also struck in 2005 <clears throat> when I went to, to Rome yes. uh, on pilgrimage. And I went to Mass with Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. And uh, there were people from all over the planet there. Yes. And that blew me away. I mean, it really did uh, speak to me about the universality of the church. And I, I feel like that's now gone to the next level for me as I attend a, a traditional yes. Latin Mass. And uh, our church, our little tiny little thing, you know, it's next to me are people who do not speak English. They speak Spanish yes. mostly, almost exclusively. We've got Africans there. We've got Asians there. I mean, people from all over. Yes. But we're all bound. We're all on the same page. Yes. We're all united in this universal church under the, the, the language of the church. And I find that beautiful. Yeah, I'm doing a, a series of documentaries. I'm trying, but it's you know, a little tough sometimes to do these projects on converts who like from Protestantism, who are naturally attracted to tradition in the Catholic Church. And what attracts them is this universality. People who convert to Catholicism, this might not be true of every single person, but the majority that I'm encountering, converts from Protestantism to Catholicism, don't want a Protestant Catholic Church. They want timeless truths, timeless morality. They love mm. Latin. They love chant. Why? Because these are things that don't go in and out of fashion. These are things that resonate with the human heart. 
if something is in fashion in the 70s, if it came into fashion, it's going to go out of fashion. And a lot of times churchmen, especially those who are unsuccessful in evangelization, they want to say, we need to go back to the way it was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Why must we double down on something that we know does not work? Mm. When the, the faith of the 70s was in fashion, a lot of people left the church. The, of the majority of Catholics, the majority of uh, the people that we would say faithful stopped attending Mass, stopped believing in the real presence. We've seen this as the tree is judged by its fruit, which was one of the readings from the TLM this past weekend. We have to stick to what is true, good, and beautiful because those are the things that resonate with the human heart. When the missionaries were going out originally, they would use music. They would use beauty to touch the senses of indigenous peoples when they were doing it successfully because those are the things that resonate with every person and we need to think about that. We need to think about that, yeah. Where are the missionaries today? All the missionaries I can think of today almost almost always have sort of a corporate work of mercy mission. Yes, that's true. But yeah. where's the missionaries to convert the world? Yes, yes. Where, where are they? Do they I, exist? They do exist, but they, you're not going to see them. The things that we see on television are usually the flashy, you know, somebody's got a gimmick, I'm the rapping priest, I'm this priest, I'm that. We've all, like, there's always like a gimmick to put them at the forefront so that we're looking at them. But the real work is done by regular people, like the Virgin Mary. When she brought Jesus into the world, mm-hmm. she was a nobody. You'd overlook her. Jesus himself, you would overlook him until it was time for him to do what the Father had willed for him. So Yeah. Well, don't be, don't be discouraged by what you see on the news necessarily, because mm. where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And I can see being able to work in parish life, being able to work in youth ministry. I see the Holy Spirit working in places that most people would have given up and not looked for the great glory of God to come and to save the church. I think also part of the issue is, is I mean, I th- I'm thinking in terms of my own journey and yes. experience. You know, we get more and more disgruntled and fed up with what seems to be just pure deafness on yes. the part of the hierarchy yes. to the faithful, saying we want more, not less. Yeah, I don't even look to the hierarchy. I don't even think about the hierarchy anymore. Yeah, how, yeah. but that's part of the tragedy, right? right how yes. many souls are being led astray or leaving the church, abandoning? Right. We did a show last week about us. Uh, uh, the faithful moving east they're trying to go orthodox right. looking for a, a way yeah. out of the madness but the reality is you can't go there either yeah you can't go there either they, they, people will say oh the church the hierarchy yeah your hierarchy is not doing so hot either no and I not. think a large part is because of a comfortable lifestyle mm-hmm. our apostles live our modern day apostles they live too comfortably mm-hmm. um, they do, and if Pope Francis nails it he says you have to smell like the sheep. I don't know. I don't know a bishop really. Maybe Bishop Strickland, who smells like the sheep, who spends time on a regular basis with mm-hmm. average Catholics, with poor Catholics, um, and gets to know them personally, know their struggles, know what they want. We want tradition. We want moral strength. We want a shepherd who prays with us, who, who leads us in the rosary. You know, it'd be a good act of reparation if you're going to go apologize to people. Say, "I'm sorry. Let us pray the rosary together and ask God to have mercy on us. Let us do a penitential kneeling service where we have the blessed sacrament. Let's bring Jesus around these areas that have been profaned. Let's put holy water. Let's do deliverance prayers." Oh, that'd be great. I would follow any shepherd. If there, any shepherds are willing to do that, yeah. I'd, I'd be right there with you, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's on the agenda, to be honest with you. I mean, because the biggest complaint, it seems to me, like I said in the last hour, as far as I know, it has not yet been proven definitively that there are mass graves right. of children that are, are uh, as a result to crimes being committed I, by Catholics. And if there were crimes, that they can prove them definitively, right. then they should go to prison. Yes. You know, justice should be had. Uh, that's always been my take. Is, I'll give you one good... 
one good uh, silver lining that for sure is happening in Canada. So when I looked up, because I wanted, because I'm going to Canada next week to give some talks. I'm going to be going to Montreal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, August 1st through 4th. Saint Our Lady Fatima, if anybody's listening. I'll be there giving talks. And so I was like, is the Pope going to be there? Where is he going? Is he going to Montreal? I'm trying to get like the, the mm-hmm. climate. And the only, the number one article that kept coming up when I was looking up Pope Canada, mm-hmm. the number one question that I was getting was, who's paying for this? <laughs> we should not be paying for the Catholic Pope to come here, which is good because that means people are worried. They're associating us with things that they don't like, which yeah. is Catholicism and morality and all these things. So that's yeah. great. All right. Gabriel Castillo, thank you for your time today. God bless you. God love God you, my friend. You, Check you. them out on uh, YouTube at Gobby After Hours or True Faith TV. We'll link to both of those on our social feeds. But coming up after this break, we're going to play Fear and Trembling. We have new prize pack, and you could win, but you do have to be our first caller at 877-757-9424. Call right now to play our game. First caller gets to play at 877-757-9424. What should I keep in mind when I'm trying to defend my faith? Well, number one, ingrain this into your psyche. The Bible is a Catholic book. The Catholic Church gave it to the world, which means there is nothing, nothing in the Bible that is contrary to anything in the Catholic faith, and there is nothing in the Catholic faith that is contrary to anything in the Bible. Always remember that. This is important to remember because a lot of times folks will quote a passage from the Bible that proves the Catholic Church is wrong. Whenever someone quotes your Bible verse that proves the Catholic Church is wrong on something, your response should be, Amen. I believe what the Bible says. As a Catholic, I believe everything the Bible says. However, I don't agree with your personal and fallible interpretation of that passage. And the reason you don't agree with their personal interpretation is because 100% of the time you're presented with a verse that proves the Catholic Church wrong, that verse has either A, been taken out of context, or B, the verse simply doesn't say what they're trying to make it say. Number two, and this flows directly from number one, the Catholic Church can be defended solely from the Bible better than any other Christian faith tradition can be. A good bit in the various Protestant faith traditions actually contradicts the Bible. So do not be afraid to engage non-Catholics in a discussion of the Bible. And number three, if you are ever asked a question about your faith that you cannot answer, don't worry. There is an answer for that question. You just need to go and find it. Simply respond, I don't know, but I will find out and get back to you. Then find out and get back to them. As Catholics, we need to reclaim the Bible. It's our book. We need to read it, pray it, learn it, and use it to bring our separated brothers and sisters back to the church. If you keep these things in mind, you have started down the road to being a very effective apologist for the Catholic faith. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. A Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas that you're not allowed to tell anybody. All right. But what I need most is a phone call on the line. 
Someone to play our game, which I will explain here in just a moment. That phone number is wide open. If you've never played, what a chance you have to possibly win some cool prizes at 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. Adrian Fonseca standing by to take your call at 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game, but here is the deal, all right? There are secrets, there are agendas, I just want to keep them between us. But secretly, quietly, uh, I like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something you didn't know before about your Catholic faith. Praise be to God, you could brag about it at the next cocktail party. Just imagine that, it's fun. Then of course we like to have a laugh and our callers are actually amazing. It's been proven. It's beyond reasonable doubt. And then, of course, we also give out prizes, which means this is a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, I shall explain. I do have three Catholic trivia questions sitting in front of me. And uh, the kicker is I do not ask the caller the questions. So they don't even need to know the correct answers and could still win the game. And instead, I shall ask Rudy. I shall ask Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Catholic Candle Company. The winner this week is going to win a Mary and Joseph candle set. That's a, a candle set of four different candles, four different sets. And uh, they're all inspired by St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary. They're all hand-poured also with a prayer in Franklinton, North Carolina. So please check out their wares and consider picking up a set for yourself. Just search for The Catholic Candle Company on Etsy. Thank you very much. All right. Praise be to God. We're very grateful to the Catholic Candle Company on Etsy. Uh, we will be, uh, you know, sharing. i got to remember to share their links every Friday when I send out this CDTN mm -hmm. set or email, but we'll hopefully do that this week. All right, let's go to the phones. Fernandi, good morning to you. How you doing? How you doing? Did I get your name correct? No, Fernando. Fernando. Well... That's cl not close. I'm sorry, Fernando. God bless you, brother. And uh, you're calling from uh, the great city of San Antonio? Yes, sir. Now, uh, Fernando, you do realize, of course, San Antonio is fantastic, not just because I went to high school there, right? It has other reasons for, for being incredible. That's right. <laughs> Best city in Texas. Uh, mostly because of Judson High School, wouldn't you agree? No, not really. <laughs> Mostly because it's Central Catholic. So. Uh, I'm sorry, you broke up. I couldn't hear you. All I heard was go Rockets. But okay, uh, praise <laughs> be to God. <laughs> now, where do you go to church, Fernando? Uh, Blessed Sacrament. Blessed Sacrament. Oh, fantastic. We are grateful you're on the line today. We're going to be praying for your week. But, Fernando, the real question is, do you know how this game works? Do you know how the rules work? I sure do. I sure do. Well, let me just uh, just say right up front. I'm ready to... I'm ready to play. Fernando, it's me and you, buddy. It's me and you against them. <laughs> and uh, Rudy is not wearing a tie today, so brace yourself. <laughs> Here we go. We are going to start with uh, with uh, Rudy Carlos, Team Rudy. Good morning to you. Here I am. Praise be to God. Isn't it like a tough decision every morning you wake up to like, tie, no tie, tie, no tie? You know, I'm just not very confident with ties yet. I'm like, should I really? wear one with a, a pattern shirt? Should that's I go with a pattern go on with. pattern? I don't mm -hmm. know. So that's the answer you're going to give on that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Sure. That that's right. Has no color, no col- <laughs> correlation at all whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Okay. Well, at any rate, good morning, Rudy. Are you ready? I'm ready, Jeff. Praise be to God. Are you sure? I'm ready. Are you really sure? You just uh, kind of pulling my yeah, leg a little bit. You know, there. they say fake it till you make it. They do. So uh, okay, I'm faking it. Well, let's see if you can fake this one then. Which saint do the wine growers consider their patron? Ah, the wine growers. Yep, that's going to be Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent, you say? Yep. Okay. Or okay, if you want to say it different way, Saint Vincent. I can Vin- say it. I Vin- have options. I can go both ways on that. Get it? Vin? Wink, wink. I hope I didn't. Hope I Vineyard? don't get Vincent's name wrong. Like I got Fernando's name wrong. That would be <laughs> embarrassing. Fernandy. All right, Adrian. Good morning to you. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Uh, I will try not to. Thank I'm going to write that down. Yes. Could you tell me which saint do the wine growers consider their patron, sir? Ah, uh, yes. It's a well-known saint, and they talk. People talk about him all the time. They it's, do. Yes. Oh. People do. Okay. It is Saint Vino. Vino. Saint Vino. Saint Vino. It's got a very Italian flavor to it. It does. It does. Got, wow, like a robust aftertaste when I say vino. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Did you have to like give it the little flair? Vino. Vino. Vino? Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. There you go. Fr- Fernando, uh, you got options, sir. Uh, I'm not sure if you are a wine connoisseur or not. I'm not making any judgments, Fernando, but let's just see here. Uh, Adrian says it's Saint Vino. Whereas Rudy says it's St. Vincent. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who is wrong? Well, Fernando, what say you? St. Vino sounds like he'd be drinking a lot of wine, but I think St. Vincent <laughs> is probably the right answer. With moderation, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was well going to say St. Wino, but <laughs> Vino's not <under> good. <laughs> Well played, Fernando. Well played. You, that was an easy one, right? The softball question to get you started. There you go. All right. This next one, another super easy question. I don't know. This is like, pretty hard. I'm not even sure why we should bother asking. We should just put Fernando's name in the cup for a second time. It's just, it's just a give me. It's just a give me. But we'll do it just for formality's sake. Uh, Adrian, we'll start with you this time. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me when are the ashes of uh, ashes blessed that are used on Ash Wednesday. Right. So what do they use for the ashes? That would be the palms from Palm Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. And so after Palm Sunday is over, they take the palms and they burn them to make the ashes. Yeah. So it's Right there on Palm Sunday. They really burn the ashes and then they bless them. Busy day for Father. Oh, yeah. Well, he probably has Susan from the parish council do it. Do the blessing? Yeah. Or the burning. Oh. Well, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Well, you never know. You never it could know. It be either way. Uh, all right. Uh, so you're saying on Palm Sunday. That's your I answer. am saying on Palm Sunday. All right. Rudy, can you tell me uh, when are the ashes blessed that are used on Ash Wednesday? Uh, well, that's obviously on Ash Wednesday. But as an aside, do you all remember the Palm Pilot? Speaking of palms. Yes, what? like the device? <laughs> no. That's a random distraction. Anyway, okay. anyway yes. on Ash Wednesday. Uh, so your answer is they do it on the same day that they do the blessing? Exactly. That's what you're going to go And with. I'm talking about palm fronts, not the palm pilot. Okay. Yes. So we're not burning the old palm pilot because that would no. destroy the environment. Yeah, of course. And, okay. We don't want it. We recycle that stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't we? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, Fernando, you have options. Do they burn the palms to make ashes on Ash Wednesday, as Rudy says, or do they do it on Palm Sunday the year previous, uh, as Adrian is suggesting? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Fernando, what say you? 
Man, that one's tough. Um, I would say it's probably on the Palm Sunday before. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's over. It's completely uh, over. I feel like I failed Just close you your eyes. You're done. You're done. I feel like I failed you. Uh, but uh, as we say at the mighty Judson Rocket Empire, never, fa- never fear. We're going to get you in there with this third question. I promise That's you. That's what they said? Sure. Why the mighty not? Judson says, don't worry. We'll get you in in the third one. <laughs> we'll get you in the third one. <laughs> the third inning? All right. Here we go. Third question back to uh, Rudy. Rudy, do not let us down this time. Okay. Okay. Uh, still no Atari. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me, <laughs> what is an association of lay people organized for the purpose of piety? For example, the veneration of Mary. What do we call that? Okay, uh, so we just had uh, the, the great prophet Gabriel Castillo on, in here. And, peace be uh, upon him. Peace be upon him. And he he likes he's very he's very into uh, Saint Maximilian there. Amen. And uh, Saint Maximilian was famous for what? A militia, the militia immaculata. So, oh, I see. It's a long way Where of sending, uh, saying that, that it's going to be mm. a militia is what you call okay. the association of people. Okay, okay. All right, uh, Brother uh, Adrian, I didn't want to wear your name out there, but could you tell me what is an association of lay people organized for the purpose of piety? For example, the veneration of Mary, what would we call mm-hmm. that? Yes. Well, first, my name is very exhausted right now, so that's it's, it's we'll give away very <laughs> we well. We gotta let it rest. But yeah. yes, the answer is a sodality or a confraternity, like my oh. favorite, the confraternity mm. of the Holy Rosary, Ooh. which is from the mm. Dominican friars. So you know, yeah. There you go, okay. folks. Okay, Fernando. Uh, this time, I'm hoping it's not so tricky. But uh, what is uh, the lay organization called for piety? Is it, as Adrian says, sodality or confraternity? Or is it uh, the uh, the militia? What do you call it? The militia. Just a militia. A militia, a as Rudy seems to think. Fernando, 15 seconds. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you, sir? Well, I'm confident that Adrian steered me in the right direction today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in his name right up. Well played, Fernando. Well played. Good job, sir. You're in for two. Thanks for playing our game today again. We always appreciate having you on. Great to be here. What's the uh, what's the war cry of Central Catholic there in San Antonio? What do you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you guys say? <laughs> what is the? It's it's the strike with the fang. So it's oh. strike, 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 strike. Oh yeah, that's that's great, Fernando. Congratu- <laughs> congratulations. I'm teasing. I'm just teasing, Fernando. God bless you, brother. Thanks for laughing with us. We'll see you. We're gonna put you on hold, but uh, that's gonna do it for the radio side. Join us in the after show. You can hang out online at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow. God bless you. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Apostle St. James. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio Media. God, Father, praise and glory Thy children bring to Thee Thy grace and peace to mankind Shall now forever be O most holy Trinity Undivided unity Holy God Mighty God, God immortal, be adored. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who consecrated the first fruits of your apostles by the blood of St. James, grant, we pray, that your church may be strengthened by his confession of faith, 
and constantly sustained by his protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, we hold this treasure in earthen vessels, that the surpassing power may be of God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not constrained, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being given up to death for the sake of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since then, we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We too believe and therefore speak, knowing that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and place us with you in his presence. Everything indeed is for you, so that the grace bestowed in abundance on more and more people may cause the thanksgiving to overflow for the glory of God. The word of the Lord. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men dreaming. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. Those, those who, who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad indeed. Those, those who, who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the torrents in the southern desert. Those that sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Those, those who, who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Although they go forth weeping, carrying the seed to be sown, they shall come back rejoicing, carrying their sheaves. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. I chose you from the world to go and bear fruit that will last, says the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. The mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage wishing to ask him for something. He said to her, What do you wish? She answered him, Command that these two sons of mine sit, one at your right and the other at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the chalice that I am going to drink? They said to him, We can. He replied, my chalice you will indeed drink, but to sit at my right and at my left, 
This is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just so, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In this morning's Gospel, we hear something of a little bit of worldly ambition kind of creeping into the mentality of the apostles, in particular James and John, via their mother as she asks, what are they going to get out of their role in Jesus' life and out of their discipleship? Suppose it's a very common kind of worldly trait to think, if I do this, then my reward will be that. And oftentimes it is the reward which provides people with a great motivating power to pursue the goal that they are after. But Jesus tries to reorient the apostles uh, in a couple of ways. The first one is going to be with respect to their motivation. You know, there is doing something for the sake of attaining something else, and there's doing something because it's good in itself to do and carries with it its own reward. Suppose you could imagine if you were a competitive tennis player or something, then you could play the game and play tournaments because you love to win, and so you're playing because you want the object of winning and the feeling of winning, or you could play because you love the game and you just enjoy getting out there and hitting the ball around. Probably everyone would say the latter one, if you can have it, is more satisfying and better because you get to enjoy it every time. The other way, if you don't get your result, well, you're not happy and you're playing for something else. In many ways, living the gospel and the message Jesus gives to come and serve others and to live the life of love that he proposes, uh, it really is something that he invites us to do because it carries with it its own reward because this is precisely what we were created for and what we were made for. And therefore, our motivation isn't simply what we think we're going to get out of it somewhere down the road, but we want to live the Christian life because it's the right thing to do and because we were created for it and therefore it carries with it its own reward. The other reorientation that Jesus does with the apostles and really becomes kind of a work of their lifetime is reorienting really what qualifies success in the life of the disciple. And while of course we know the typical mechanisms of worldly power and control and honor and power that people strive after, uh, Jesus reminds them that in the economy of God uh, something completely the opposite is valued, namely to be able to serve others and of course in particular the notion of redemptive suffering that victory for God ultimately was constituted by Jesus on the cross and not in some mighty triumph by subduing people underfoot and this for the apostles became a lesson of a lifetime to always reorient our human fallen human nature our desire for power and control and to remember that in the economy of God, ultimately, it's only by laying down our lives that we find it and where we truly find fulfillment. And this, indeed, is the path that all the apostles wound up following, including St. James, who we honor today and celebrate his martyrdom or giving his life completely for 
Jesus and the faith and laying down his life in that way. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that we would always strive to live the fullness of the Christian life because it is a gift in and of itself to be able to live. And let us ask God that we would always be humble servants who strive to unite our sufferings with those of Jesus on the cross, knowing that victory in the economy of God is the capacity to give and lay down our lives for others. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all bishops and government leaders, that they would be inspired by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit in their decisions. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for an increase in vocations to the sacred priesthood and religious life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine and work of human hands, it will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the, May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Cleanse us, Lord, by the saving baptism of your Son's passion, so that on the feast of St. James, whom you will to be the first among the apostles, to drink of Christ's chalice of suffering, we may offer a sacrifice pleasing to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
it is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord, for you have built your church to stand firm on apostolic foundations, to be a lasting sign of your holiness on earth, and offer all humanity your heavenly teaching. Therefore, now and for ages unending, with all the host of angels, we sing to you with all our hearts, crying out as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho, Plenis Uncelli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to a second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim, at whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. 
may he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary mother of God with blessed Joseph her spouse with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs with Saint James and with all the Saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help may this sacrifice of our reconciliation we pray O Lord advance the peace and salvation of all the world be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop the order of bishops all the clergy and the entire people you have gained for your own listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you in your compassion O merciful father gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world to our departed brothers and sisters and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life give kind admittance to your kingdom there we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord through whom you bestow on the world all that is good through him and with him and in him O God Almighty Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, quies in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, Adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. 
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. They drank the chalice of the Lord and became the friends of God. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. The King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. And where the verdant pastures grow with food celestial feedeth. Perverse and foolish oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. Let us pray. Help us, O Lord, we pray, through the intercession of the blessed Apostle James, on whose feast day we have received with joy your holy gifts, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow your heads and pray for God's blessing. May God, who has granted you to stand firm on apostolic foundations, graciously bless you through the glorious merits of the Apostle James. Amen. And may he who endowed you with the teaching and example of the Apostles make you, under their protection, witnesses to the truth before all. Amen. 
so that through the intercession of the apostles you may inherit the eternal homeland, for by their teaching you possess firmness of faith. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. And go in peace. Thanks be to God. Hail, Holy Queen enthroned above, O Mary. The Prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, my name's Alyssa Vigil from St. Ignatius of Loyola Catholic Community, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.